Hello and welcome. It's great to have you all here today. Did you know that uh, sharks are probably the most misunderstood creature in all of nature? You didn't know that, huh? Well, you know, you're actually, according to statistics, you're more likely to die from a sand hole collapse than from a shark. That's true. Both are really rare. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, sharks are so misunderstood, you know, one swims over to help a surfer that's drowning back to the shore and he gets punched in the nose. <laughs> that's, that's the life of a shark. You know, hang in there, sharks. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for, to hear from Dr. John with the Technology Spotlight. Do you know what this world needs? It needs another superhero, doesn't it? Well, this is technology, right? Some of you already know where I'm going. If different materials were people, then graphene would be a superhero. We're going to talk about graphene tonight. If you haven't heard about graphene, I want to give you an introduction. It's actually made out of carbon, which is the same thing in your pencil lead. And the thing that's really special about it is the carbon atoms are arranged in a two-dimensional pattern that looks about like maybe chicken wire fence, you know, the little hexagons. But because of that arrangement, it can do some amazing things. It's pretty much the thinnest material that we've ever isolated. It's actually transparent. You can see through it. And yet it's 200 times stronger than steel. And it's an amazing electrical conductor. It conducts electricity really, really well. So they're using it already for things like making new transistor circuits. And someday it may replace silicon, which we use in all of our computers, because it, it has the potential to be more efficient and um, make the computers run faster with less power. But then it's also being used to make new materials that are much stronger, of course, because it's really strong, and then perhaps used for power lines to lose less power. And the applications go on and on and on. It's, it's like a superhero, isn't it? It can do amazing things. And uh, if you look at this picture, you can see this is an artist's illustration of what graphene's like. You can see how those little circles are the carbon atoms and they're connected to three different carbon atoms uh, in their surroundings. Well, the new superpower, you could say, the new thing they're trying to do with carbon, or with graphene, I should say, is actually produce electricity from a graphene sheet. And uh, if you look at that picture again, you can see how there are kind of little waves in the graphene. Well, it turns out that they found that a sheet of graphene at room temperature will actually move like that just from the thermal energy, a kind of a, an oscillation. And so researchers at the uh, University of Arkansas are working on capturing that movement as electricity or converting that movement to electricity. And they're actually measuring an alternating current from a sheet of graphene at room temperature. And uh, they're working on scaling that up. But Wait a minute, how does that work? They're saying they could actually make a battery, you could call it, that just produces and produces and produces electricity endlessly. That's a really big claim. 
Of course, if you look really carefully, you see you can have as much power as you want from this as long as you don't want very much power, right? Because <laughs> it doesn't actually produce a ton of power, so it's not going to make drones work. But they're hoping that someday this could be the kind of thing you put in a really low power chip, maybe for a sensor that you have. Uh, you know how you can have wireless sensors. We could have wireless sensors that never run out of battery because they would be using a technology like this. And uh, the thing that's really amazing that's like, whoa, wait a minute, is that they're trying to make this power from just the thermal oscillations, or sometimes called the Brownian energy, or the Brownian um, motion. And if they can do that, then that's something that a lot of people thought was impossible. So if you take a, a look at this illustration, this is kind of um, supposed to be different molecules in a gas or something like that. And uh, they're moving around because they're always moving around. And uh, they bounce around and hit each other. This is an example of how a particle could move around with Brownian motion. And uh, it's really hard to harvest any power from that because it's chaotic. It's going every which way. But because of the way the graphene is uh, connected and the way it moves, it might actually be possible, which would be really amazing. And you think about different kinds of energy. Uh, there's like um, potential energy. If you take something and let's say an apple, that's the classic Isaac Newton example, right? And you lift it up higher, you are increasing the potential energy because you're moving it further from the center of the Earth, right? And then if you let go, that potential energy gets less and less as it goes down, but the kinetic energy increases as it falls faster and faster towards the ground. Then what happens when it hits the ground? All of a sudden, the, poten the potential energy is gone because it went down. The kinetic energy is gone because it stopped. So where did that energy go? Well, uh, they say that that energy becomes thermal energy, which means it increases that motion. So in a sense, that's the energy that they would be able to be harvesting with this technology. It's a pretty big claim, and I really hope it's true. Now they're working on making a chip that has millions of these little circuits in it so they can actually charge a capacitor and start running things off of this power. You know, this has really big applications if we can do this at scale because uh, we're always looking for new ways to make energy, aren't we? Mm -hmm. This might be another really exciting way to do it. And we never knew that graphene was so powerful, did we? <laughs> yep, power. And that's all the tech we have the time for. Thank you. Now it's time for Breakthroughs in Science with Tobias. All right. Well, for the breakthrough tonight, we're going to talk about being clean. Yeah. That probably makes you start thinking of those awkward conversations when you came out of the bathroom that you had with your mom. You know, did you flush? Yes. Did you wash your hands? Yes. Did you use soap? Yes. Today. <laughs> but that's what we're going to talk about. Not flushing, but soap. This is actually a special one. Um, you know, one that was probably really expensive that I got from a hotel. Um, <laughs> smells like the forest. Okay. Now, what is soap? Is that what it is? Is it just like this thing that you lather up with and, oh, you smell so good. You rinse it off and still smell good. You feel good. You're like, I use soap today, guys. <laughs> I'm a go-getter. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
what is so why why is it such a big deal i mean is it really just to smell good what's going on well it turns out soap is quite magical in the way that it helps us be clean and you know we have to really jump way back in time to talk about soap because it's something that's been used by generations hundreds even thousands of years we have documentation of different types of ways that mankind would use to clean and you know it's kind of like fire it was like a magical thing that you know we don't really know how it came about just one day it's like whoa how'd you do that i don't know i guess i'm a magician <laughs> say until we started looking at the science and once you figure out the science behind something you can start to replicate it more you can start to figure out ways to make it more efficiently make it better and that is exactly what would happen with soap so they would discover little things in nature so for example one example might be they're cooking food on the fire that's what they did back in the day and some of the fat falls and drips down onto some of that burnt ash well, it turns out they would discover that if they mixed that, I don't know who did this, <laughs> they were very bright. Um, <laughs> you mix this with water, and if, if it was the right kind of burnt ash, it would actually produce something that would be used as soap. So this, this fat from what they were eating, this animal fat, yes. And there are other ways that we find um, people in way, way back in history that they would figure out, hey, if, if we took this substance, it turns out if we mix it with certain things, we can use it to wash, not just our hands, but fabric, clothes, and it works really, really well. Well, that would increase. They would start to research it in the 1700s. They would research it more on what is it exactly that's going on? What are the things that we can mix with fat into this reaction to make this soap substance? And in the 1800s, they would even start selling pre-made soap. And um, I want to focus on these two gentlemen, William P. and James G. Um, they were hired, their brother-in-laws, they were hired by the Union during the Civil War to produce soap because we had started to figure out, hey, here's an idea. What if we washed our hands before we gave medical aid to somebody? Uh, that's a really good idea. And they, so they wanted a lot of soap. And so these two men started really pioneering how to create it, and also studying the chemistry behind it. And their names are William P., uh, William Proctor, and James Gamble. And they would make William and Gamble, uh, William and Gamble, that's a different company, um, <laughs> Proctor and Gamble, where they would sell soap. And they figured out the chemistry behind it, or at least some of it, and how to make it. Well, it turns out that you need some kind of fat or oil, okay, so you could get this from animal or plant oil. I mean, oil is basically the liquid version of fat. And it turns out if you will mix this with water and something else that, for example, lye, which is an alkaline chemical, if you mix it together and it reacts, they call this reaction saponification, it will change into a very unique kind of structure and molecule. And it's a, what's so special about this soap molecule? Well, if you think we need to talk about water and oil. Okay, these are two people, people, these are two creatures that just don't like each other. They're not actually creatures, but they have a bad relationship, just like <laughs> some people. No, um, they don't like each other. If you put water and oil in a container, you stir it up, you let it sit, it separates. They want nothing to do with each other. You get oil or grease on your hand, you try washing it with just water, you're still going to have greasy hands. How are you going to get that off? Well, that's where soap comes in. 
okay? Because when you use water, it just runs right over because they want nothing to, water's like, oh, I'm here to help. Oh, wait, no, we don't talk, <laughs> okay? But then you bring these soap molecules in. They're like the middle, the middle person because part of that, literally one side of a soap molecule likes water and one side of it likes oil. And so it will literally grab the water with one side, and they just come in. They're like, okay, guys, we need to talk, okay? Water, come over here, okay? It doesn't matter what oil did to you, okay? You know what, guys? Just take my hands. All right, we're going to go for a walk. And they walk out. That's, it's like they just they change everything. And so let's look at this graphic. So we have these, these floating soap molecules in the water. And see that oil down there? Well, these molecules are like, whoa, we're grabbing you. And they grab the oil with one side, and then that round side, is grabbing the water. And as you start to use this soap and froth it up on your hands, it starts to pull that oil off. Because it's like, oh, look, the water's going. We're going too. Come on, oil. And they start taking it off until it's literally grabbed those pieces of oil, and it's going with the water. And it goes down the drain. A and it, this is all the chemistry behind what's going on. And it, go, it goes further. I mean, if you if you do it right, which I hope we all do, and you see those bubbles going on, you know, um, that's actually two layers of those soap molecules. And this is like a zoomed in shot. And you can see there's this tiny layer of water that's being held with two layers of those soap molecules. So you start to see why it's important to use soap and actually use it. And we can go a step further. We can talk about something like a virus, like coronavirus. Um, here is a graphic of what basically the virus looks like, and it has those, those points going around the outside, okay? That's protein, but look at that orange circle. That is actually basically fat. And so if you get a virus like that on your hand, and you try washing your hands with water, it's just like that grease. The water goes over it, doesn't do anything. If you get the soap, the soap sees that fat and grabs it, and in this case, it will even tear apart the virus when they have these shells of fat. It can even help to tear them apart and pull them away with the water. Now, you do have to do due diligence. How long do you have to do that? Some people say 20 seconds. Um, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like the virus is like 18, 19. Oh, we stopped. We're, we're safe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not two seconds, though. Okay. Um, you can't just go, I'm done. <laughs> That's how my daughter does it. It's like, <laughs> no. Try again. So you got to, you know, froth it up. But that's what you're doing. You're actually doing some chemical magic at the sink, hopefully, because you're using that soap. So, yes, it smells good, but even more importantly is what it's doing with all that yuckiness on your hand or whatever you're washing. It's taking it with it for a little talk with water. So you can smell like the forest, and you can be clean at the same time. And that's what we got. Thank you. And now, introducing Roger Billings. Wow. <laughs> oh, hi, Dr. Pege. Can you see me? Yes, yes. <laughs> You're very big tonight. I am. <laughs> wow. It's so good to have you here. You know what? I knew everything that Tobias was saying tonight because I learned it at scout camp. 
Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Learned all about soap and Did you sing washing. special songs? Oh, yeah, 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 we did. Do you want to learn about scout camp? Uh -huh. I do, you know, actually. Um, you learn a lot of things when you go camping, uh -huh. especially when you have good leaders that, that train you these things. But uh -huh. they were teaching us about cleanliness and how if you wash without soap, it's faster, but not <laughs> as effective. Okay? Okay. And so they were telling us a little scout camp around the campfire story mm -hmm. about soap and why you should use it and how effective it is. Mm -hmm. Okay? We probably shouldn't go here. I think we should. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear? I think they All right, so hear. anyway, <clears throat> the way the scout camp version goes is the scientist was there at camp, and he says, okay, we're going to test this soap. We have some soap we put in this bucket with water, uh -huh. and then we're going to test it. So they take a scout handkerchief. Those are pretty dirty. They get sweaty and dirty, but inside, wishy-washy, 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 pulled out. Looks clean, mm -hmm. smells clean, is clean. Then they get a sleeping bag pillowcase. Those are out in the leaves and the dirt and the grind. They get grass stains. They, they get pretty bad. So put in the water. Wishy-washy, 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 wishy-washy. Looks clean. Smells clean. Is clean. What else shall we test? Hmm. <laughs> now, according to the scout camp things, uh -huh. the next thing they get is a real acid test. It's a used baby diaper. That's scout camp? Oh, yeah. It's, it's just for learning about soap. So <laughs> take the baby diaper, put it in the little bucket. Wishy-washy, uh -huh. wishy-washy, wishy-washy, wishy-washy. Looks clean. Wishy-washy, wishy-washy, wishy-washy. <laughs> I told you we shouldn't go there. You should have listened to me, shouldn't you? I like stories. Okay, you like to hear things? Yes, I like to hear things. Today we're going to hear things. Do you know that I have a piece of photo paper? Uh -huh. It's like using an inkjet printer. It's thick, it's glossy. And if I can vibrate this at just the right speed, you'll be, you'll be able to hear a sound. You want to hear it? I do. Mm -hmm. sound. I can't get it to vibrate fast enough with my hand. Can I? It's a little bit there. But literally, if I could vibrate it fast enough, it would make a sound. And if I went a little bit faster, the pitch of the sound would go up. Remember we talked about mm -hmm. that the last two weeks. And if I could make it go extremely fast, the pitch would go way up high. Everything we do in electronics, our computers, our stereos, our car radios, they all need to have a way to turn electricity back into sound. Because sound we can hear, and electricity is a way to, to play it, right? And all of the things that make sound out of electricity are called speakers, because they speak. It's like this little person in here talking, hi, I'm the person inside, okay? And the way that they work is they vibrate a card. In most speakers, instead of a white photo paper, it's a black cone or sometimes it's colored. So I wanted the store that was gold, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But those have to vibrate very fast. And in fact, if they just vibrate at a certain fast speed, you'd hear a, you ready? Mm -hmm. Get ready for it. 
That'd be a tone. If you change the tone, boop, and each of those tones have a different frequency, but we don't buy speakers to hear tones, do we? We buy speakers to hear music and talking and things like that. So they have to vibrate different speeds. And if you make it vibrate at just the right speed, you can actually hear a song, you can hear talking, things like that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It is. Ooh. Now, I used to have a job way back in my college days working at a radio. I was a disc jockey. Why? Why would I be a disc jockey? And I'm going to share with you a little personal story. When I was in elementary school, I had a little speech impediment. And I'm not sure if it was me that was wrong or if it was all the rest of the world. <laughs> but we had a difference of opinion on how you'd say a TH sound, like the, and a PH sound, like phone. I'd mix them up. And when I'd talk to people, I'd say, oh, fat, funny man. And oh, fat, funny man? Sound good to me. <laughs> but everybody laughed, just like you are. <laughs> Which, you know, bruises my tender feelings. Still. And so I had to go see a speech therapist. They made me practice, mm -hmm. and gradually I got better. But by the time I'd grown up, I was very insecure about speaking in front of people. I was afraid I'm going to mix them up again, and they're all going to laugh. And then I decided if I want to do things where I need to be able to speak in front of people, I have to overcome this fear because by now it was a fear. Mm -hmm. And so how could I overcome the fear of not sounding good speaking? And I decided become a radio announcer. You got millions of people out there listening to you well, on my station, more like thousands. <laughs> but you have to do it right and build confidence. And so I got a job at the radio station as an announcer. And we used to talk into microphones. You're listening to KIXX Radio. Oh, I like it. Where it's 23 minutes. And, and that was kind of fun for me to learn how to do that. But at the radio, I had a good friend that was an engineer. And he was setting up a remote broadcast from a sporting event. And sometimes they take a little stand out to a ball game, and then they have an announcer call the plays. And it comes back over a phone line to the radio station and would transmit it. Well, this guy was out setting up the display, getting ready for a sporting event. And would be all ready, and I'd say, okay, go ahead and send me the tone. So they'd turn on a little tone generator that would make a tone of a certain loudness and then I'd adjust the dial to get it exactly at zero dB or zero decibels, the right level, so it'd sound good for everyone's radio. So this guy went out there and, okay, send me a tone. And I'm adjusting it. And it kept stopping. And I said, why does the tone keep stopping? He says, I have to breathe sometime. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot the little tone generator, but anyway, that's under there. All right, so we need to talk about how we could get this piece of paper to vibrate at the speed of the sound that we're trying to hear. Okay. And that is making a thing called a speaker. I've got a little piece of copper wire, and I've got a little plastic dish, 
And I want to put these together and see if we can figure out how to make sound. Now, to do this right, I'd like to go in the other room and do a quick brainstorm. But this time, with your permission, I'd like you to stay here. Okay. Now, there's a reason why I want her to stay here, but I'd rather not go into it right now. Okay? All right. Here comes our brainstorm for tonight. All right, during this brainstorm, we're going to figure out how to turn electricity into sound. We learned a lot about that last week, and our secret ingredient is going to be some copper wire. And I have a spool of wire here, and I happen to have a little piece of cardboard, which I'm going to use as a mold. So I'll come in here a little ways, and then I'm going to wind this around the cardboard to make a coil. When electricity goes through a coil of wire, it does something kind of magical. It creates a magnetic field. It's like a magnet, but when you turn the electricity off, the magnet goes away. I need about 100 turns on here, so let's kick this into high speed. Okay, so now you can see we've got a little donut made of lots and lots and rolls of copper wire. If we hook this up to a battery, this would make an electromagnet. Did you know that you can wrap wire around a nail and then hook it up to a battery and when, when it's, the battery is turned on, you can pick up things like a magnet and when you turn it off, it'll drop them. In this case, though, we've got a magnet, a real permanent magnet, and we have a coil. There's no attraction between copper and a magnet because copper isn't magnetic. But when there's electric current flowing through here, it will pull the magnet in. What we're gonna do is use this attraction between a magnet and the electricity in this coil to make sound. So let's see how we're gonna do it. First of all, I'm going to use this little piece of plastic, a little plastic cup. You can see in the middle, there's a little indent. So I'm gonna put the magnet in there, but it won't stay in. So to make it stay in, I'm taking just a piece of washer and I'm gonna stick it on the inside. The magnet grabbed it and held it there. So now it's like the magnet's glued in with no glue. Excellent. Now. I've got to be able to put this coil here and make this thing bounce when I turn the electricity on and off. If I turn it on and off at the right speed, it'll bounce at exactly the frequency that'll make the sounds we want. But I've got to hook it up to something because there's got to be something here to push the air. Uh, what if I had a piece of cardboard like this and I could glue it on here like so, then put the coil on there that's all I would need. I would have a speaker. If I hooked up electricity to this coil, it would make the sound. Now, the only problem is this piece of cardboard looks kind of boring, doesn't it? But I have an idea. What if we flip the cardboard over? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we've got a decorative speaker. Now, this could get me in a little trouble in the other room. 
but you guys will help me get out of it. So here's how we're gonna do it. You wait right there. I'm gonna get out the old glue gun. I'm gonna put some glue around here so that it will stay right on here. So we're now going to glue the Dr. Monet on here. And she can be our sound maker for our speaker. See that? So we've got it all the way around. Looks pretty good. Now I'm going to go ahead before it cools off and I'm going to put this thing right in the middle, like so. And I've got, oh, very careful on her eyes. Very careful. Nice. Now, as that start glue starts to cool, she will be permanently fastened and the magnet member is still inside there. So now all we need to do is put this coil right above the magnet. Hmm. To find out exactly where the magnet is, I'm gonna pull it. Oh, there it is. Oh, oh, it won't come off. I think I found the magnet, didn't I? And it's right there in the middle. So now I'll put the coil right over the top of that. We've got to be very careful that we do not put it on her face, right? And I need it to stay there again. So how about we use some more of this hot glue? Okay, here we go, hot glue. Let's get some on this coil. We don't want too much, but we want enough to hold it nice and permanent there because this is what's going to be driving our sound. Excellent. Okay. Hot glue. Here we go. I think I've got it about right on the middle. Something like so. Hold it till it kind of dries. Excellent. One speaker, magnet underneath, coil on top, piece of cardboard that vibrates. Will it make sound? Let's go back in the other room and see. Here we go. And we're back, aren't we? Well, guess what? <laughs> there I am. <laughs> Look what we have. A non-boring angel. <laughs> this is almost like a television. <laughs> but it's just mono picture. Okay, can you see how that works? The little coil, this piece of cardboard with this incredible image on it, uh -huh. magnet underneath. <laughs> now, can anybody here really believe that that would make sound? No. How many of you thought you were going to come here tonight and actually learn how to make a speaker? What if you could really understand it? We're not supposed to understand things like speakers. They're so complicated. So here's a little dish. I got the little magnet in here. Here's the piece of cardboard. I can put the cardboard over the magnet, but it won't vibrate. It has to vibrate at the right speed to make the sound. So I glue the coil onto the cardboard and as the electricity turns this into a magnet, it pulls it in and lets it push out. And the, the electricity goes on and off, on and off, on and off. How did we get it to go on and off at just the right speed? <laughs> we used a device called a microphone. Huh. A microphone listens to the sound coming through the air, turns it into electricity, and turns it off at exactly the same speed 
that the sounds I'm making make. Does that make sense? If I put a microphone on a drum set, every time they hit the drum, it would make a sound, which would give a little pulse of electricity, which then could come to the speaker and hopefully make it pulse exactly the same sound. Is this making any sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's see if we can figure out how to make this work. Now, just so you get the gist of it, I have here on the end of this wire a light-emitting diode. It's like a little light bulb, only it's very efficient. I'm going to turn this amplifier. This is a box that takes a, a soft amount of power and amplifies it to a larger amount, like you need to run a speaker. Some of you have a stereo with an amplifier like that at home. Some have a phone with the amplifier built in. I have one right here. Okay, so now this little LED is going to listen to the sound and it can't play it like a sound because it's not a speaker, but it should be able to go on and off and show us how the electricity is there and then it's gone, it's there, and it's gone. To be able to do it though, we've got to have some sound to play. That's when we go to the phone. Now I'm going to turn this back on fresh because it happens to have a Bluetooth sensor in it so I can talk from my phone to this amplifier over Bluetooth. Let's look at the Bluetooth and see if we got it. We did. Awesome. Now, we need something for it to, some sound for it to make. So I'm gonna pick out some sound here and see if I can get this little LED to blink. Here we go. LED blink. Blink, 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 blink. Wait for the music, wait for it. I gotta turn it to just the right brightness. If I get it too bright, it will actually burn out the LED. Oh, oh I think I just yeah. burned it out. Oh. Aha, I don't, I don't think I did. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. Not doing oh, very good, is it? Is it? Yeah. Give us another chance here. Come on, LED. Wouldn't it be wonderful if it would just, just work for me? Mm -hmm. would. I would love that. I think I burned out my LED. Mm -hmm. If you put too loud of a sound on, mm -hmm. it will burn it out like a light bulb with too much electricity. So I just happen to have another one. Should we try it? Because yeah. <laughs> I hate to give up without success. Okay, let's turn it up a little more careful this time. There we go. Make sure we're... Music's playing. Here we go. Can you see it? Can you see it on the camera? Yeah. Okay. So that is coming on, on and off like sound. I'm going to turn some of the sound over to the speaker. And look what I've got here. Hmm. I've got something really amazing, haven't I? How in the world did I get this music? <laughs> maybe <laughs> Marty, was, quick. Maybe it was the aliens. Quick, quick, quick. Marty, where interfere. did my music go? Did Marty take it? Come give me some good music, Marty. <laughs> my music went away. Hmm. That's not good. Uh-oh. You know what we need? Can Marty sing? We need shark music. Find some for shark. me. Shark, oh, yeah. And I'm going to let you play it because I want to have two hands available here. 
So let's see if this microphone's turned on. Hello, is it turned on? Uh -huh. I'm gonna have to hold it here. We want her to vibrate right here, don't we? Oh, I can hear it. <laughs> can you hear it? Is it loud enough? <laughs> wow. That's amazing it comes from that. <laughs> okay. Oh, Thank look, you. and the light. Wow. Still going, still going. And the light's still going, the light's, too. I can see it back here. You can see this poor little light. It's yeah, really look, going it's crazy. Really going. So you can see <laughs> the light's turning right on and off because electricity powers it, too. Turn it down a little bit. That's, That's why this it is a little bit. Yeah. Okay, I gotta show you something else though. What I'd like to see if we can do is correlate the picture with the sound. Okay. You see the picture? Uh huh. Now I'm gonna try and correlate it with the sound. Hi, everybody. I'm the girl who's out speaker. How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. <laughs> okay, so now people actually make a living building speakers. And speakers are big, sometimes they're little. They work to make the sound and the fidelity, the quality of sound of the speaker better and better and better. I always say if you put a nice picture on it, it doesn't have to sound good, it's still pretty good. Okay? So, what do you think? Do you have I any questions about this? It is really interesting. Did you think you would know how to make a speaker tonight? No, I didn't. Hmm. It's well, so you do. simple, but it's just, it's just amazing. You can also put the mic behind it. Oh. Works better in front. Okay, so everybody get it then? So that noise is coming out as electrical pulses going on and off. It's going through this coil, making it a magnet and making it not a magnet. And the other magnet here is pulling it. And the kids have never seen such a beautiful speaker, they said. It is. <laughs> yeah, that coil's almost perfect. <laughs> All right. So, You're right. That coil is almost perfect. I don't know who made this song this great, isn't it? Do you know there's a Daddy Shark tune? And everything? I, I heard that. It goes right with Joseph okay. today. It really does. Yeah, that, that ties in with his story, doesn't it? Does. Okay, so there it is. Homemade speaker. That's amazing. And you know, um, and we can't make it. And really, it's just three elements. Something to vibrate, a magnet for it to push and pull against, and a coil for the electricity to be able to turn on and off. All of these really, really neat things that we enjoy in technology come about kind of that way. Um, I want to show you something else okay. just while we're having fun here. We are having fun. This magnet. I have some magnet paper. Magnet have you seen paper. magnet paper before? What would happen if I put a magnet behind the magnet paper? Oh, you can, can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. 
See, there's a little round circle there. Now, you notice this doesn't erase, but I have a magnet, which I use to erase it. Oh, wow. Okay, it's all erased. Let's try it again. Magnet. It's like a black hole. See how it, it shows the magnet wherever it is? That is neat. And this is paper that has a little special coating on it so that it can find the magnet for it. That is really cool. Of course, cool. the other magnet erases it. Magnets are really neat. A lot of uh, science students enjoy experimenting with magnets. And there's so many things you can do. It's interesting that if you put them together the right way, they attract, and there it goes. <laughs> Got it back. <laughs> and if you put them the wrong way, they repel. Isn't that interesting? It is. And there's a lot of science as to why and how this is. And of course, the biggest magnet on Earth is the Earth itself. And the fact that it has a magnetic field keeps all of that harmful radiation from coming down and making us sick. Magnets, very useful, powers all of the motors, electric motors all work off magnetism. That means if you've got an electric Tesla, it's because of magnetism that is created when you run electricity through a coil. Any questions? They All right. try to make their own speakers at home. They should. They really should. And mm -hmm. you'll be surprised how easy it is. A couple clues to remember. You need to find not a real thin wire because you're running quite a bit of power to power a speaker. And a real thin wire will melt. That's not neat. That could be fireworks, but it's hot. And you need to have about 100 windings for it to work well. And I have made all kinds of little speakers, and they're fun. And once you understand it, you have a concept now that you can do a lot of other things with. And using the same science, you can make a motor. I have a little spinner that I, I keep in my bedroom. And it's kind of, I hold it in the middle, and I spin it. And it'll spin for about three and a half minutes, depending on how hard I, I start it. And I watch it while I'm brushing my teeth and getting things ready to retire. And very often, I figure out a way that I could modify it so it would never stop spinning. <laughs> and I actually had the idea that one of these little magnets put around the three spinners with a sensor that could tell when the magnet has just passed over and then turn on a coil mm -hmm. so that every time ground it got a push, I would have an electric motor. Mm -hmm. And as long as I had electricity, it would keep spinning. I'm probably going to build that sometime just for fun. Just for fun. Okay. So we have a question. All right, question, okay. please. It's from Ben. It will be answered by the speaking lady. <laughs> the speaking lady. Yeah, go ahead. Wow. Um, he's wondering if we could use graphene in a speaker. And he said, considering graphene is a great conductor, but the fact that it is already oscillates at room temp could produce some electric noise. Interesting. Do you think that would work? Dr. John, can we make a graphene speaker? It really could. It would be a fascinating thing. Now, remember, to make it vibrate, we've got to have some magnetic uh, method of turning the magnetism on and off, so we got something that pulls it in and out at the right speed. Mm -hmm. And But you could do that. You could mount a coil on it, for one thing. The big problem with graphene is we're still learning how to make it. 
the carbon that goes into it is very inexpensive, but making it just one atom thick is still real tricky. Uh, remember how they made the first graphene? They wanted yeah. to get a layer of graphite that was just one atom thick. And so I believe it was over in the UK, some university researchers put some graphite on a piece of tape, scotch tape. It may have been British tape, I'm not sure. <laughs> not but then they squeezed it together and pulled it apart. And they kept doing it, and it kept peeling off layers till it got thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner till they got it so thin you could see through it. Mm -hmm. Then they put the tape into a chemical that dissolved the tape and just left a very thin piece of graphene. And it wasn't just one atom thick, it was probably hundreds of atoms thick, but it was close enough that they could start to study some of these amazing properties. But graphene can do some really, really neat things, and we're going to see it in many places. Tonight, John told us, maybe you could use it as a way of creating energy. Mm -hmm. And you know, that would be really neat. Making transistors, better computers, cell phones that don't need to be recharged nearly as often. All neat things. Uh, in one of the articles that I read about graphene, they said if you took a sheet of it, remember it's only one atom thick, so thin you can see through it, almost no weight. It's just one atom thick. You can't even hardly feel the weight, but it's strong enough to lift a cat. Wow. Amazing stuff. That's amazing. And uh, I think one of the next big breakthroughs with graphene is going to be how to commercially produce it economically, and we're getting better and better. Do you remember when we talked about the diamonds? Uh -huh. When I was working with Dr. Hall, we had to have a machine that mashed the diamonds at millions of pounds pressure and then ran very large currents of electricity through it to get it hot enough, like the center of the earth, to make diamonds. But now we have a technology where we can make them at low pressure and low temperature by growing one layer of carbon on the diamond at a time. And I think there might be a process similar to that that one of you will invent that will make graphing that way. We'll get the carbon out of methane, that's natural gas, and it'll just form a layer and make this little invisible sheet of material and make it very economical. Graphing's gonna change the world, and it's new. And the, the future for it is just phenomenal. Okay. So actually quite a few com comments coming in, okay. but um, this one's from Micah. And he's wondering, he's wondering how you make the speaker louder without an amp and a mic. Wonder if you make the coil bigger? Or? Well, if you don't have an amplifier to get you enough uh, electricity, it's pretty hard to get it very loud. Yeah. Now, you can get a headphone. A headphone makes just a very soft amount of sound, but if you stick it in your ear, you can hear it. And remember, uh, one of the radios we made last year, we did with a crystal and just the radio waves provided the energy. We caught that energy with the crystal, we rectified it and ran it to a headphone and we could hear it. So you can do that. I remember um, when I was in the radio business, there was a guy next door that became my friend and he had this old barn out in the field at his house, which was right next door to the radio station. And I went out one night to work with him on his car, and he had this little funny flashlight, and the batteries were going dead, so it was real dim, and he couldn't see. And I said, wait right here. So I went over to the radio station, and I got a fluorescent tube. And I hooked 
one end of a wire on one end of the tube, and then I made a little coil and hooked the other end on the other end of the tube, and I took it over to his shed, and as soon as I got close to the radio transmitter, it came on. And how in the world do you know And the that? radio... <laughs> because I looked at it. I could see it. <laughs> Most of us aren't like that. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't really bright, but it was bright enough he could work on his car. And where was I getting the energy? Yeah. Was it coming from nowhere? No, it was coming from the radio station. And you couldn't see the, the blinking on and off because the radio station was transmitting at 960 kilohertz. But it was pretty neat. And there's a lot of things like that you can do as you start learning these basing, basic building, got speaker problem, basic building blocks of how our universe works. Every time you learn one of these, you're empowered to do things you wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And you get enough of them, you know, that's why we have science class. You get enough of them in your nougat, then you can start seeing them everywhere around, and you understand how things are working, and you learn, and you learn, and you learn, and then you invent, and then pretty soon you're Elon Musk or somebody making all or of these great technologies. It is amazing. Okay, we have time for one more if you have one more. I do have one more. This one's a little bit not about speakers. This is about life. Um, I'm getting nervous. <laughs> it's about Halloween, actually. About Halloween. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. And one of your students, um, they don't necessarily celebrate it. Um, and they have friends who don't understand why they don't celebrate it. And they're wondering how they could really let their friends know without really making them uncomfortable or just, they, they're just wondering how to do it. Well, that sounds like a science question. Yeah. Maybe we could run that one by the social-emotional teacher <laughs> and yeah, see what she thinks. <laughs> we did, and then she kind of ran yeah. it. Oh, <laughs> passing the buck. Uh-huh, huh? passing the buck. Well... Uh, Halloween is an interesting holiday. Uh, it's a fun time of the year, and yet a lot of ugly things are remembered at Halloween. A lot of people dress up like ugly things, scary things. And so some say it's not such an inspiring holiday. And so uh, when Tanya and I were raising our family, and we thought, well, uh, We'd like to celebrate Halloween because it's a holiday and we're not gonna give any holiday to the other side. We're gonna keep everything for us. So I reinvented the definition of, of Halloween. You know, this is what scientists do, we invent things. And so I invented <laughs> a new way to say Halloween. And you just sound it out. It's like learning to read, so I call it Halloweeny. Is that what it says? Halloweeny. Uh, I know what that is. So we went inside, we found a hot dog, <laughs> and we took this little piece of tubing and pushed it through there, pulled it out, and we had a hollow weenie. <laughs> That's pretty clever. What we you really did. It? I told Tiny, look, we can serve hollow weenies. And she said, what's the health value? <laughs> It's a fun and I time. said, let me finish. <laughs> this true story, isn't it? I said, let me finish. And I went to the fridge, and I got a green bean. 
and I stuck it in the Halloweenie. Uh-huh. Now it was healthy. It was pretty neat. But the, the funnest part came when I got a whole bunch of them, you know, for all the kids and their friends so we could have all of these Halloweenies. Mm-hmm. When I got done, there was a whole plate full of the part that came out of the middle. <laughs> and I said, oh, those are Halloween worms. Nothing ghoulish or goblinish about that. So to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people have mm-hmm. traditions, and you can make of, of your traditions what you think is, is right mm-hmm. for you. But at my house, we have decided that Halloweeny or Halloweeny is a family celebration day. And now we have grandkids that we we invite over and we do a lot of fun things. Mm -hmm. And we decided that if we're going to dress up like something, we want to dress up like something inspiring and beautiful. Lovely. And so we do. That's our thing. But that's not science. Okay, we have a science question. One more. One more. We're running right Um, out of time here. They're wondering what gauge wire they should use to make their speaker with. Why don't you go ahead and measure that? Well, I don't know what it is. Gauge is it? of wire. Gauge means how, how thick is it? How big is the wire? It's not one. Did you know that uh, when you're talking about wire size, it got wired backwards? Yeah, <laughs> I do know that part. A 10-gauge wire is really big, mm-hmm. and a 22-gauge wire is really small. The higher the gauge, the smaller the wire. So you got to remember that. Now, a 10-gauge wire would be like you'd hook up maybe your, your toaster oven or something. That's a lot of power. Most of the outlets in a house are hooked up with a 12-gauge wire, or sometimes even a 14-gauge is a little bit smaller. A 12-gauge wire can carry 20 amps of power. It has a, you guys know about that, don't you? But for this kind of thing, you need a wire that's like 24 gauge, mm. maybe 20, 24 gauge, something like that. And it can be a lot of different sizes. If you get it too big, your coil will be huge and it'll be heavy. If your coil's really heavy, it doesn't play the high notes as well. If your coil's too small, then it can't carry enough power and it'll, it'll melt. So oh. experiment with it. But uh, if you get somewhere around a a 22 gauge, 24 gauge, you should do just fine. And of course, this wire has varnish on it. That's why it's got a little bit darker color than normal copper. They put varnish on so it won't short out when it touches together. So in order for me to hook this up, I had to take the end and scrape the paint or the varnish off both ends with a knife. And then and only then could I hook up electrically to it. So. Be sure if you use varnish wire, which is what you usually find, make sure you scrape the ends off so that the current can get through there because this varnish is an insulator. And this wire is very inexpensive, very easy to find. Okay? Okay. All right. Well, that's all the questions we have time for. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Let us know how you do with your speakers. Yeah. And if you get some, send us a little video so we can, we can enjoy them. Okay? Thank you. Good night. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.